Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. This is my kind of music, Alice. This is Tom Shattuck's kind of music. This is burn barrel type music. This is the Middlesex Concert Band. Alice and I have seen live before. Yes, at Mount Hood. And I've been to a few of their kids' concerts, uh, including one with an instrument petting zoo. Ooh. Check out a Middlesex Concert Band concert on Sunday, June 5th at 3 p.m. in Wakefield's state-of-the-art performing arts center in the Galvin Middle School. Normally, admission is $15 for adults, but this time it's free to everyone, thanks to a generous, anonymous donation. I like free. Ooh, yes, now more than ever. The concert called Stories in Music is a presentation of music that's been used to tell some of our favorite stories. More details are at www.mcbconcertband.org. That's www.mcbconcertband.org. Org. Again, the concert is at the Galvin Middle School in Wakefield, Massachusetts on Sunday, June 5th at 3 p.m. Good Monday evening and welcome to another edition of the Burn Barrel Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Shattuck. Joining me tonight is Alice Shattuck. Good evening. Hey, so we were on WTIC today, the Burn Barrel Show. We were. It was it, our terrestrial radio debut we, as the Burn Barrel let's, Podcast. Let's have more of that. I'm all for that. And um, and you know what else got in there? Is our spot. <laughs> Is that even like allowed? I don't know, but it's uh, you know, it's uh, it played all over it played all over uh, Connecticut, so I'm thrilled. That, that just makes me even more happy. Why not? <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. <sighs> I'm okay. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I've, something has caught my attention, Alice. Okay. So we did. We had a huge plan. This was three-day weekend. This was the weekend we were going to get our stuff together, right? You did a little bit. Right. So we beat our average. We were <laughs> maybe 11%. Uh, productive this weekend, which is by far blows our average away. Um, 
Baby steps, honey. Baby steps. Right. I'll take it. But, um... We also got all the kids out this morning into a parade, which was um, also pretty productive for us too and they had to be in like various uniforms with like different pieces and stuff yes so let me so that's where i want to take us first of all so by the way it was the um the middlesex concert band concert spot that played on wtic so john we'll see who uh who um who shows up from (laughs) connecticut because it, it it absolutely pasted the uh the hartford market um so a couple things Okay, 11% production rate this weekend. That's fine. Mm-hmm. We can get to see Toast. Ran into a l- great listener of the podcast, Janine. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Janine and Haverhill. Yes, Janine and Haverhill. It was great to see her. Janine, actually, when, when, I, when I saw you, Janine, um, in the parking lot near the town annex, I was um, heading, me and my youngest son were heading to uh, find his mother, and I was hoping to see you on the way back with Alice, but as she got ahead of us because the police did not arrest us, gave my little son a badge, and um, and so I was playing catch up, and I didn't see you back in that area over there, Janine. But I wanted to introduce you to, and say hi to Alice, and hopefully we will get to meet you guys. Janine and her husband are are listener fans of the podcast. Very which is, cool, which is great. And I was I was I was taken totally by surprise by here by meeting her. She said, "Oh my, hi, Tommy, love your podcast," and and I said, "Hi." I was just I I did not I I didn't. We live in a tiny little town that's made for horses, really, and I, um, I was great. I'm just thrilled. That was just, just wonderful. Thanks for saying hi, Janine. We appreciate it. Here's another good thing, Alice. This, today is full of good things. Okay. Okay. Another good thing. While cleaning, <laughs> trying to clean some of the incredible clutter, and so not only our live, Alice, uh, our lives, and I'm sure your lives too, and you can relate to this. We have been, our lives have been effing chaotic since the time we met. I mean, right. w- really, we, we met right uh, when I was in a producer for WTIC, WTKK in Boston, which is an FM talker. It was a great station. And, um, and um, you know, we got married months after that. And, you know, and we had uh, our, our child, you know, after that in rapid succession. Right, and then, um, and then we uh, my, uh, kept having more kids and right, moving. Well, yeah, and then and we moved to. I mean, we had to move out of my. I lived in an apartment in Brighton. It was very much a bachelor pad, um, and Brighton, Massachusetts. And I had Sky the Greyhound with me, and it was a cluster bleep, and and it was craziness. And Alice and I had at the beginning. Uh, we had questions about the relationship anyway because I was 37 and she was 24. Or was it 37, 23, 23? Mm-hmm. So for me, it was obviously win-win. I get the arm candy and the, the younger. But, we, you know, we, we, we had both thought, like, obviously this is great and fun. And we, and we, we loved each other and loved hanging out. But, but that was the first thing. Pretty soon that became an afterthought. That was no longer because we had babies coming in the way and we get married and we... Uh, and then we had to suddenly move out. And uh, we got into an apartment in Medford, but we had to move because the the people, the, the family, the was, landlords was, lived upstairs and were yes. audibly annoyed by the baby. Situation. Exactly. So, which was a total stress. And then we managed to somehow somehow get some kind of government predatory loan to get into a tiny, the tiniest house in Melrose. And we got there, and we barely got unpacked for there. Then I get fired from my job. Thankful, thank God, we got in the house. We, the, the station flipped and 
and then from there I go I got over into the Boston Herald. We're gonna we're gonna start the the Herald Radio in 2013 in April for opening day for the Red Sox. I was ready to go. Then the marathon bombing happened and. And that got put off, but I was doing work there, building a station from nothing, nothing. I am no, I came from radio, but it doesn't mean, you know, how, how to build a station, including the board, the electronics, the spots, this, that. So it was just cluster bleep, and then Alice had to work, and we couldn't work, and we couldn't find a daycare, and none was, the, the, the only one that we could afford was this lady who smoked, and the cat, all the kids came home smelling like smoke. But at least she was good and reliable, even though there, I think there was some amount of fentanyl moving through her apartment. <laughs> but uh, it's so fine. It's been a cluster bleep, and then, and then that happens, and the, the Herald gets liquidated. We, we move, whatever. We moved into this place four years ago. Somehow, we, we're not unpacked still. Um, and it's a cluster well, bleep. Well, because then we then, immediately had to move back out again for this out, lead thing. Because, because, we, because when we moved in, we on the day and the week we moved in, we went out uh, antique shopping and bought a trunk, a steamer trunk, a very pretty steamer trunk. We we're going to use it as the coffee table and to hold blankets and things inside. And a steamer trunk was hot with lead, so the kid, one of our kids, or all of them, who knows, whatever, tested hot for lead. No, so- nobody was ever high except one kid one time. Okay. But in the state of Massachusetts, it doesn't but, matter if so the lead that- goes away. You have to de-lead your entire right. house. So that triggers a whole thing. It's a client... So- so that was disruption and a huge expensive do- amounts of money that Alice still hasn't told me about, <laughs> but I know that I've never seen and don't have. Somehow we we have packed into loans, etc. It was and altogether crazy. we were under construction for like yes, nearly a half a year. Uh, yes, and that sucked too. And then and and the kid it was disruption. It was just, it was just total. We didn't know until after it stopped how stressful it was. It really was t- constant stress. And then COVID happened. By the way, I realize these are very first world problems, and you know we have we are blessed and really ultimately spoiled. So I'm not saying, but you know it's just we've been going, 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 and it's a cluster event. Then COVID happens, and the kids school, and this, this is, is our, a lot of ways of saying and, and, our house is a mess. Well, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, well, yes, and the house is a mess. Yes, and it's never been, it's never not been. Well, it's rarely it's been. It's not ever been to the fruition. We haven't been as good as we wanted to that we promised ourselves we'd be when we moved here, mm-hmm. and the house hasn't been. Right, it's like we have underachieved. So anyway, it's just been it's just it's just been chaotic, and it's very very busy, and it's and from job to job, and my newspaper job, of course, went south when the when COVID happened. Really. COVID happened, and I I became the firer in chief of the newspaper, and it was you know was, for less money than you'd been making. Yeah, it was awful. It was just awful. It was awful. Uh, the whole thing, and it went whatever. So then, and then Alice got the job at the warehouse, and then the uh, St. Pauli girl job, and then now a a a, a job, that's an adult finally, job, yeah, yes, an adult job, more adult than my job in many ways, and and so it's just been a cluster event, and so it's tiring and. We try to do things when we can. We are irresponsible because a lot of times in the weekend we want to just have fun and relax and enjoy ourselves too. Like I know you guys are doing the same thing. It's a it's a balance. So and of course because we're stupid, we bring in more things, more dogs and more chickens. Because why you know why not just <laughs> ramp it up? So so then I found this and today while cleaning, we're trying to do some of the cleaning. For the closet in the podcast, I just want that closet to be something that doesn't make me uncomfortable looking. Because the Herald, when the Herald, Boston Herald liquidated Herald Radio, I got all the equipment essentially, and it's all like industrial radio equipment is here, and it's, it doesn't belong here. I'm getting rid of a lot of it. A lot of it's just shot anyway. 
Um, anyway, but it, but uh, so while cleaning out some of the stuff, I found this little note here, Alice. Okay. That absolutely made my day. Okay. I'm it ready. was uh, this was in my hand and about to be thrown out. Okay. And I'm going to give it to you to read. I believe it's from James. Who is that out there? Who is that right there? Can you give this to mommy? I'm not sure that's from James. I James. believe it's from James. A from a few years ago. Oh, you're right. It is from James from a few years ago. Can you ago. read it? <laughs> Dad, thank you for the pumpkin. No, it doesn't say that. What does it say? Dad, thank you for the pumpkin. Right. <laughs> and I just love that. I thought, my goodness, what a great like moment that was. And I remembered seeing it the first time. And can you get that paper back to me, please, Cyril? Can you give it back to Daddy? Thank you. Did you find the lo- lollipops? Thanks for moving the, the cameras, my the friend. Thank you. You want me to sign this for you? Um, yeah, but, um, the lollipops are in my box downstairs in the kitchen. Sally or James can show you. Oh, it's whatever's there. You can have what you guys can have whatever's there. Okay, we got to do so this. You guys can have all the candies downstairs. It's great. Okay, there's cake in the free fridge too. Okay, there you go. Ooh, Ooh. Cake? yeah. <laughs> Okay, so, so that made me happy. Dad, thank you for the pumpkin. And I think that's great. All right, you know what? There have been some, we have, this has been an entropy and a rolling cluster of our, our, our lives here. Mm-hmm. But it also has been fantastic and filled with, I mean, we're so freaking blessed. Just think, we have a large-ish house which we didn't have before i don't know if this is large i think it's larger than the house i grew up in it's not a small house is it no it's not no and there's a there's, we don't have an acre of land but it, there's lots of rolling gla- grass out there and there's there's little stone walls it, it's like it's this is very pretty here wouldn't mm-hmm. you say yeah and this room is great i love this room and i just added my f-16 by the way more stuff and so and today was great. In like just going down there to you know not not just meeting a, a Janine, our friend, the listener, but other people I know. And also, this town when you're walking, and you can actually see into people's houses, or uh, you can see people's houses in their yards, etc. This town is beautiful. It's really pretty here. Yeah, it really, really is. This is great. We're in the greater Groveland, Newberry-ish area uh, up here. And if you're from down near Boston, where me and Alice grew up. You've uh, never heard of this. No, this is a different solar system completely. This is weird. It's, But, so, so, one of the other things that I was doing today as I'm cleaning was I went through the box of stuff, including one of the box of things that I saved from the Herald. Not too much stuff we saved from the Herald. Almost everything in the Herald archives were thrown out. Um, just tossed. All that history was gone. Mm-hmm. And you can... Talk to the ownership of it, if you'd like to know why. And I came upon this. The Boston Herald. It's the 100th anniversary edition. This was printed, that I'm holding here, August 25th, 1946. Wow. Yes. So, just a couple of things are very interesting. One, almost 90% of it is native advertising. 
for hmm. the shops in town, like Shreve, Crump, and Lowe, using history and the class of the city to native advertise the the, the, hmm. the, the the. Is that what tabloids were shaped like then? That long, well, this tall still is thing. What a tabloid is. Well, no, but it's squatter now. Yeah, I guess, I guess so. Yeah, yes. Uh, uh, I guess it was. Yeah. Hmm. Unless this was a supplemental, I'm not sure. But anyway. Boston is a better place to live. I found this little essay here by the Reverend Dana McLean Greeley, minister of the Arlington Street Church in Boston. He talks about Boston, yada, yada. A lot of beauty has been destroyed in Boston. This is 1946. Some of the bigger buildings were just going up there. Um, and he talks about the, the problems Boston has. Problems Boston has. And he says, this brings us... Hold on, let me make sure I'm recording here. You don't mind. I'm recording, so if you're missing anything. Okay, I'm good. I'll I'm have recording. it for you. So he says He says, This brings us to Boston's more serious problem, which is its political problem. Basically, it cannot be a better place in which to live either until the political power changes hands or until those currently in power become politically mature and possessed of a sense of social responsibility. It avails the city very little in real assets to borrow $15 million here for a new harbor bridge and $25 million there for new docks and $50 million somewhere else for an elevated highway, which was being a built A disaster. Then. Right. While, we then spend a bunch more right. money to put underground later. <laughs> right. For new docks and $50 million somewhere for, else for an elevated highway, while well, this money is poured through a f p political sieve to be dissipated and frittered away with the citizens closing their eyes to what is going on, which is totally... Still that way. Oh, absolutely. This is back when they didn't have everything was ground level. We, got, we need an elevated highway. Now we have a submerged highway. And, and of course, everybody was taking the graft. It is reported reliably that one of the largest business concerns in the country recently tried to acquire an important property in Boston, but upon hearing, I'm sorry, but upon being asked by a member of the city government for a rake-off in the deal, which is a greasing the palm, I gotcha. they packed up its portfolios and decided to settle in California. How often this is repeated in anyone's guess, is anyone's guess. The corruption of Boston politics is the most serious liability from every point of view, except that the apathy and timidity of the uncorrupt constituent or close second. Oh, a close second. Let me try it again and try to read like an adult. The corruption <laughs> of Boston politics is its most serious liability from every point of view, except that the apathy and the timidity of the uncorrupt constituent, a close second. Only when the uncorrupt stop compromising with the corrupt and renew their faith in Boston and do something themselves for its rescue will the tax rate come down, the standard of living go up, beauty be recaptured, and the culture become at home and functional again in the city. It goes on to say more and more, essentially. Mm -hmm. But it's exactly... The same stuff that's happening right happening now. It's happening right now. We've got to deal with these calcified, corrupt institutions, and we've ceded so much of our life to them that at, we're not assertive enough. We're not taking control, taking it back, or bringing them to bear. We just let this stuff happen. And it's remarkable. You can't have 
a school board can't teach your kids about oral sex using a pizza to make it relatable and feel comfortable doing so. They need to feel very uncomfortable doing so. And if anything, I just think that this is like the clarion call to, no, it, it's been tried again and again. If you, if you act in a way to, you, to get walked all over, then yes, they will walk over you. All, of course. All over. Um, one of the other things I found was interesting was, in this was, the returning... Um, actually, let me just. Do you mind if I read it? Go ahead. Piece? Yeah, read another part. This is this is different. This is this is style, but this might you might like this more, Alice. This is just about fashion. Um, okay. I thought this is very interesting and revealing. I really should donate these things to somebody. Phil, Phil, Phil. Um. Yeah. I mean it. It's fascinating to me because, like, I think of these projects and it's funny how nothing changes because, like, it, the Green Line extension that was not and then was and then wasn't again. And I don't know what the deal with it is, if they're ever really going to do it or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, like, was one of the highest cost per mile of any rail project mm -hmm. in the country, even though there's, like, nothing special about it. It's, like, higher than ones that they need to, like, blast through mountains and stuff. And, like, it's just crazy. Like, we... And that's why we can't have anything nice in this state. I mean, like, people were disappointed when we didn't have the Olympics. But, like, how would that have worked, honestly? How would Boston have held an Olympics? It just wouldn't even have been possible here. Stuff can't be... Stuff can't go here. It... it not allowed to work in our state for whatever reason and i do think corrupt politicians are a big part of that one part shows here a woman oh tell us pretty maiden what or is it none of our business and it shows um women essentially in lingerie through the ages mm -hmm. and and this is a fashion uh, part it says uh next to themselves damsels of any age find styling a matter of form the winsome lass on the left for a century ago, seems discreetly horrified at the revelation. She's wearing a whole big hoopy thing. Her uh, crinoline sister, crinoline, do you know what that is? Mm -hmm. what yeah. is it? It's a thing like that the Civil War people wore under dresses that okay. made them big and puffy like that. Her crinoline sister of 20 years later seems to go for a peekaboo. The 1908 lady makes a few, bone, makes a few bones about tying it on for size. That's a tight corset. Mm -hmm. While the svelte young thing of today rates a few whistles, and she's got a two-piece thing on. Sort of, sort of. Not anymore. No whistling at girls no. anymore. Not Eternal feminine mustered out. Mustering out pay for returning GIs is swift and sure. Mustering out dress is the next step and neither so swift nor so sure. For the GI female counterpart in the whack, the waves, and the spars, mustering out complicates still more of the eternal feminine problem of nothing to wear. The newly returning female civilian has a disadvantage over the GI in building up a wardrobe of far and wide range and taste, demand for accessories. That are so anyway, it goes for, the point of this is, is it coming home from war, these women mm -hmm. had a huge variety of things to wear, but they'd been wearing tan gray blue right. dressing like uniforms yes uniforms 
It says these new civilians are permitted. They in the mustering out money. They all got two hundred bucks to spend as civilians now. Oh. These new civilians are permitted one complete uniform from inside out on separation from service. This means splurging on custom jewelry, shoes, and other accessories that feminine tastes require. In shoes, the returned female veteran eschews the spiked heel, except for fancy dress. I never knew before that feet could be comfortable, is one ex-service diagnosis. <laughs> a lady's hat is inevitably a touchy topic, and hats are the bete noir of the ex-service women. Of today's headpieces, most of them are terrified. Years of heads sleek in overseas or garrison caps bring floundering in the choice of modern mode. Many compromise on a new service hat facsimile, plus feather or bow. Huh. I just thought that was kind of interesting, that your life has been put on hold, overseas, serving, and suddenly rotating back into civilization here, hmm. and having not knowing how to do it and like given choices etc and i only bring that up because this was at a time where you they were dealing like you, you read uh, corruption and graft in the city etc and in the total mind bleep that is you know 24 25 year old service women now coming out and having to restore their roles as mm -hmm. you know um you know in some cases eligible or 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 or, you know, s very styled uh, members of society in not knowing how to do it because... I feel there's also, like, a little bit of a generational thing there, like the same way that everybody writes think pieces about how millennials just don't buy mayonnaise anymore or whatever. Like, there was a little bit of, like, young people returning from the war are just simply terrified of fancy hats. They don't know what to do with them. Like, there's a little bit of that, like, oh, this there is. new generation I mean, not liking hats or whatever. There, it, which well, somebody, is and somebody needed... Somebody you know, ran it by an editor, or editors said, all right, guys, uh, we need an angle, you know? you know, there's no doubt, you know, so to what extent, but it's a kind of thing, and of course, it's paired right next to advertising for stores, you know? Right. But, so you have that, and so we look at our world right now, and say, things are changing, and things are changing, in many ways, not for the better, in, in a lot of ways, for the better. I, I think that the, I'm, I'm seeing that, I think that culturally, the counterattack has begun, which I love. But so just think the cluster event that that went on just from the, the pages of this Herald. Mm -hmm. Now, also just remember that just a year before, we were in pitch battle against the an evil, huge military force um, that was that had destroyed Europe. Right and destroyed millions and millions and millions and millions and we won't even start on the commies and the Stalin and all that stuff, but things are, and and that meant that people knew, people saw that car coming down where the military attaché was driving to tell somebody that their kids were dead. Mm -hmm. Moms would see it and see the car drive past her driveway and then reverse and then hit into their driveway. And say, tell them that their nineteen-year-old kid was dead on a beach somewhere, and that was effing reality. That's pretty GD hardcore, mm -hmm. considering what we go through now today. 
We're right. generally and, and and this is memorial. I mean, today is Memorial Day, so I'm not taking anything away from those people who who have died recently in, in Afghanistan, and Iraq, and and where all. I know that you've had to deal with that as well. But certainly, the scale in World War II was huge, huge. In World War II, we were we were we were. I mean, we yeah. were throwing cannon fodder was a thing. We were throwing men at the Axis powers. Well, right. And we were, I mean, honestly, we were one of the countries least impacted in terms of lives lost sure. during World War II, certainly. But it, but it's still the scale of it in terms of our own history was so huge um, compared to, to other wars. I mean, really, I would think we probably hadn't seen anything on that scale since like the Civil War, probably. I'm, think, I'm trying to think, like, for our country in between then, that was probably, it was probably like a once well, in a century. Because the Civil War is the biggest. Well, of course, yeah. Um, In, in U.S. history. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking, but that was probably, like, the biggest since then. Because I don't think in World War One we didn't lose as many people or anything. But, um, but maybe I'm wrong, because that's a guess. But anyway, yeah, the scale, I mean, like, it didn't leave anybody untouched mm. in society. And it's hard to imagine now a time like that where people were, we had food rations in America mm-hmm. and things like that. It's hard to picture that kind of like. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. come together as a country and let's all do this together attitude for that long a period of time happening nowadays with the way our country is and it being so divided and uh, yeah it's interesting to like look back on that time especially now and coming on memorial day and we're really like coming to the end of the world war ii generation now Mm -hmm. at this point i mean like there are still people alive who remember world war ii but it's starting to to be very few of them nowadays. And, right. you know, in another 20 years, it'll really, I think, be none. I'm, or, well, yeah. It, it, so, so you know, you're, we're so, I don't know, I said to you today, and like, I'm going to get a little emotional now, so I'm sorry. But like, I on Memorial Day, my mom used to take us to her dad's house, who was a, a Navy veteran from the Pacific mm-hmm. Theater of the War. And he would like tell us about stuff he'd done and, show us pictures and talk to us about it. And of course I was an idiot and a brat about it and like thought it was stupid and a waste of Wayne Nolan. Yeah. And everybody else was doing fun stuff like having barbecues and things. And we were sitting in our grandparents' basement looking at black and white pictures, which was not fun. Um, You know, we'd like been invited to somebody's pool party, but (laughs) we were not, but it's like, I, 
I regret not paying better attention because now he's gone and like most of that generation is gone. And and it is, you know, even when I was a kid, World War II didn't seem that long ago because I had relatives who were alive who remembered that period in history. And certainly you did like your dad was a kid during World War II. Mm -hmm. Right. So like it it seemed like relatively recent history. And now, like, to our kids' generation, I mean, they think, like, 9-11 is a long time ago. But, you know, it's it's interesting when you sort of, you have these, like, big events like World War II, and it starts to be that, like, all the people who were alive and remembered them start to be gone, right? And, like, and we're going to come to a time like that with everything, right? Like, there. There's going to be a time when all the people who were alive to remember 9-11 are gone, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and... Well, it's not just... It's not just... Yes, it... it, it I mean, we will... We, we will not... I mean, we will have a history archive of World War II... And and we will have um, cinema and reenactments, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we've got a big... What we won't have is the raw um, witnesses mm-hmm. who lived it and emote and who, who can only deliver their recollections like only somebody who saw abject hell can do. Right. Somebody who saw... Who lost their friends in a gruesome, gory way? Who was scared, mm-hmm. et cetera? Is is the only they can do? It's going to be like to, to to me. It's I can't get my head into the battle of Gettysburg and how messed up that must have been. It's it's just too bronzed and old for me to get my head into mm-hmm. what that must have been like. Although we have a lot, like you said, we have of World War II movies and stuff. There's mm-hmm. movies that are, you know, painstakingly recreated of Civil War events. There's, yes. we have a lot of records of them, a lot right. of descriptions and eyewitness accounts of battles and stuff. So that stuff exists. But like you say, it's just not the same as mm-hmm. having first person accounts from people who were there that you know. And what's weird is I almost feel like nowadays because, because our society like has such a sort of short attention span and lack of interest in what's going on in the world just like apathy about it that we're almost like doing that in real time and I remember talking to one of my friends who was in Afghanistan and Iraq and him saying like it's weird because and this was like a few years into the war right so we'd been there a while and he was like it's weird because It's like you come back and people day to day like don't even remember that there's a whole war happening over here and that there's like American kids out here doing this stuff and like being in the 130 degree heat in the desert and and, you know, getting blown up by IDs and all this stuff like it just like it would feel better if it even seemed like people remembered were there. But Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like most people even notice that it's happening and like. It's almost like we're we're not experiencing that war in a unified way in mm. the way that people experienced World War II because it's like only happening to such a select part of the population. Right. 
to to a select part of the population um and you know you're right and so not everybody had to have buy-in and also like nobody cares about afghanistan it's a hellhole you know you don't it's it's not it's it's just not it's not relatable to americans Mm-hmm. And you know Ukraine is a little more relatable. You could say that that's because of race, but it's not really. It's just because culture-wise, uh, you know, they're wearing uh, you know LeBron T-shirts like we wear LeBron T-shirts. You know, and, right. uh, you know, generally, uh, you know, they don't torture the zoo animals in Ukraine like the Taliban had done in in Afghanistan. Um, but but it is interesting because like my kids will never know the feeling of the day nine eleven was and I was nowhere near and actually you won't either I was nowhere near uh, Manhattan I was not in danger at all you know I was working at a hotel mm-hmm. uh, you know um, but y- you know like that day the, the day still gives me a a slightly nauseous feeling. The whole thing is not like my brother and I would never just say, "Hey, let's binge watch a whole bunch of night." We know we never. It was there was not that was awful that whole time, and the smoke from the rubble and all that crap and all that everything that was was awful. It's a nauseating feeling, and you know you talk about and we weren't we just watched it on TV. You know we're fat spoiled idiots from Boston who watched it on TV and it was still bad enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and the only, only reason, I mean, and the only reason I say that you and I will have different memories is because I was older than you, so I had a little bit more time out in the real world knowing and seeing people, and that's it. Me, but it's a little bit different. But, and also, I just, just feel like when I was in high school, like, I was impervious to... It, it, well, I mean... I mean, then again, I you're a good that, person. And, so and, well, and also, I think 9-11 was such a huge event and changed the country in so many ways that it really was, like, inescapable. I mean, that was the event that overshadowed all of foreign policy and politics really the mm-hmm. whole time I was in high school and even college. I mean, it's it's hard to think about now, like, how much that colored our view of the world and and of like political political necessities right the whole sort of even like the stuff about like the islamophobia and stuff and like the religion of peace stuff and like in general talking about terrorism threats and security theater and the expansion of the surveillance state and you know obviously the foreign wars where you know people did go like people my age that I grew up with fought in those wars and I mean nobody the loss of life fortunately wasn't as high as like past American wars but so nobody I knew died in those wars but certainly people did and and in the continuing the global war on terror Mm -hmm. people died you know that certainly of your generation and my generation and it's it still isn't over. I mean, like, people, there are people really of the next generation, the people that died in Afghanistan last year who lost their lives evacuating the Kabul airport, uh, you know, they're they're the next generation after us. So that's, and and I think that really, I mean, I know we had the first Gulf War and stuff, but really a lot of that, you know, what we're still doing 
with all this does go back to 9-11, you know? Yeah, but the first Gulf War was a cakewalk, really. It, yeah, it, totally it, no different. No disrespect to you guys who fought it, but it was it, it was done in a week. And, you know, that actually set up the expectations for the second Iraq War, which people like was me thought... Was not like that. Yeah, people like me thought, oh, it'll be done in a month, there'll be Disneyland there in, two, in a year, and we'll all set, there'll be Americans, essentially. Yeah. Should we get to a little business, Alice? I do want to get to a, a little. Unless you just do you want to do something else outside? Sure, no. I do want just want to make sure we hit one thing. Um, you know, it's funny <laughs> when you say when you said, "Did you hear what Justin? What happened to Justin Trudeau?" I was like, "Is he dead? Did he get <laughs> a cocaine overdose? Is he?" Uh, but no, he's doing what tyrants do. We're introducing legislation to implement a national freeze on handgun ownership. What this means is that it will no longer be possible to buy, sell, transfer, or import handguns anywhere in Canada. You effing tyrant bitch. He really is. He really is. My goodness. Oh, a new pet project. We're taking another thing away from you. Something I found I find gross. We're going to take away... <laughs> Even though millions of you enjoy guns in this country where it's up north, being hunting, cutting, whatever, we're taking it away from you. But it, And, and by the way, it was already pretty difficult to own a gun in Canada, is my understanding, right. is it was like a pretty complicated process. But it, what a thing for him to do. Right. We're taking another thing from you. In other words, we're capping the market for handguns. Everybody behind him has a mask on. We're capping the market for handguns. I don't know how many people. I know that the handguns aren't a, aren't a hunting thing, really, but it's just another signal of the where their priorities lie, and to make the citizenry less powerful, you've you've proven that you're meddlesome and troublesome, you truckers. So we're taking your guns away. Taking the fangs out. It's, it's exactly like the American our Department of Justice looking at Americans at the Board of Ed meetings. You've proven that you're a nuisance. So we're going to have the feds look at you, especially if you who have belonged to moms, patriots of Connecticut, <laughs> and espousing Second Amendment views. I mean, we get up. We need somebody in. F this. F this. This goes back to the thing in Boston as well. Don't be constituents to get walked on and say, I'm good for being walked on. Yes, government, tell me how more I've, 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 I've upset you. Take more things from me. These people are incompetence, incompetence. Justin Trudeau is not a private sector genius. He's a apparatchik, progressive, socialist uh, figurehead. Probably he's a, pretty he's racist. He's a really good-looking, dumbass it. racist. That's all he is. That's right. Yeah, uh... It's it's disappointing. I mean, I don't know what people in Canada are going to do, frankly, because it doesn't seem to me that it's like really a free country anymore at all between the trucker protest and this stuff. And I, you know, I, I don't know what's going to become of Canada or frankly, like Australia or any of these countries. I mean, like, look how the lockdowns went in those countries. I can't just the way they talk. I mean, they talk like any Democratic mayor or governor does. Just disdain for you stupid... Oh, you're so not credentialed. All right, should we get to the chat chat? Sure, do we have new chat chat messages? We have some that we haven't gotten to that are a couple days old, some that are new. Oh, okay. So, let us see, let us see. 
Hey guys, it's Steve from Merrimack. Hey Steve. Uh, just wanted to congratulate you on this week's shows. You guys are killing it, destroying it. It's last and, week. Uh, no, please no. keep it up. Uh, I love you guys. And uh, this are you filing your nails, Steve? <laughs> what is happening Steve. in the background? Thank you, by the way, for the kind words. Well, you on this week's shows. You guys are killing it, destroying it. And uh, please there. keep it up. Uh, I love you guys. And uh, this Rubbing whole thing is just together? shattering. Thanks. Yes, I, I'm sorry to step on you. Actually, uh, really, he's uh, saying nice stuff about our show. I know. Let him actually, do he's whatever being emotional he's doing. too. And I understand, Steve. But I was distracted by that noise. Thank you, Steve. We appreciate it. last week. Last, last week sucked. It was a, it was a tough week, obviously, and uh, to get through. And I appreciate the kind words, Steve. That's good because sometimes we don't. Sometimes I, I got to be honest. Sometimes I say to myself, you know, we've done 500 whatever episodes, and I look in uh, and I say, wait a second. I'm covering this, 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 and this, and Alice and I usually watch TV at night. We say, okay, Tucker covered what we covered, too. That's good, because he's a smart guy, and he's got a smart staff. Now we see that Jerry Callahan's covered the same thing, and Ben Shapiro has, and Michael Knowles has, and Matt Walsh has, and uh, Bongino has, and Glenn Beck has, and... uh, (laughs) Right. Right, and, and Clay Travis has, and Buck Sexton has, and I'm like, wait a second, why am I doing 500 of the same thing everybody else has? Uh, should we just pack it up and be better parents and go attend to the kids? <laughs> and, and so sometimes I think about that. And uh, um, but in but when you especially a week like this past week right. where it just like was emotionally brutal, right? Honestly. But and that's why Steve, thank you for the message because. It's good to know that you're getting something out of it because I think that on a personal level, that's what that's where the difference is. It's not really the, the stuff that we're covering. It's it's um, kind of mind melding and and you know sharing a, a session of trying to work things out with each other here in this room, but with you guys as well. So uh, I appreciate that, Steve. Thank you very much. Ray Liotta died, sixty-seven. Was he having health issues? I don't know. It, uh, it, Anybody has ever watched? Apparently, at some point he was. Goodfellas, they know Ray Liotta. All right. Yeah, that's a that's a uh, good point. Yeah, that is a, that's a few days old, but that's right. Ray Liotta is dead. He's always in every picture, seemed like a cool cat. This is four days ago. Oh, hi, Tom and Alice. Uh, I almost forgot. Um, I got a simple request. If uh, perhaps uh, Alice could wear her uh, famous. Mass Republican Party convention cocktail dress Ooh. on an upcoming burn barrel. I, I'm just curious to see what it would look like. So if, if you could take care of that, I'd be most appreciative. <laughs> Thanks so much. Bye-bye. So is that the one from this year? Well, you said that I wore a tiny cocktail dress. The first, the one you wanted to wear. That's what, well, you said Are I the, wore it on the show. You oh, okay. said that. Yeah, that that's a, why he's asking Yeah, that was that. a good dress. Maybe you should wear it. You wore it on... Oh, no, wait. That was just the night of the cocktail party. Maybe you should wear it. Believe me, I'm all for it. I am for what you're wearing right now, too. You look good. Thanks. You got this at the Super Bowl for me. That is correct. That is correct. That was a great, great time. I love the Super Bowls. Thank God my friend John flew in to join me. If you guys ever get a chance to get a media pass coverage of the Super Bowl, do it. I know that some... I I think most people... Probably already. It is so fun. Have that the, week, as a the whole village is like, is, like is it's 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 crazy village of all sorts of activities and music and fun and culture and stuff and and then like when I was there, I was in Radio Row and so if my friend John came down and and it was just the best. It's a, it's a crazy time. It's Disneyland for adults. It's awesome. You don't have to like um, uh, sports. Doesn't matter. 
How's it going? Good. Been a while. Hope you're all doing okay, especially you, Alice. <laughs> Thank you. That's my bike. Good bike riding weather, by the way. Yeah. I saw Toast on a bike today. Yes, we did. She- and I saw Dr. Toast in the parade. I saw him too. And uh, yeah, they in the whole family, actually, her son and daughter were, were there too. Oh, I didn't There's see another them. daughter, is there not? There's two daughters. Two daughters and right. Mm-hmm. They're all good looking. The whole family's good looking. See? They're good looking Yankees, Alice. Mm-hmm. That's why we need to get in with these people. <laughs> Um, so, um, yeah, it was nice to see. My bike is made for a really, really fat person. It weighs as much as a Harley Davidson, um, and I've been pulled over by adults who are concerned about my health while I ride my bike, so I've retired it. Well, (laughs) I was thinking I should get a bike, too, and, like, most of our kids have a bike, but we could fill in whoever doesn't, and we should all ride bikes together, because then people are probably less likely to stop and ask you if you need help if you're, like, in a group, right? That's right, because I'd have my first responders with me. <laughs> hey guys, it's Steve from Merrimack again. Hey, I just wanted to say, you know, I have an autistic daughter. She's now 23, but she flourished in the Pentucket school system oh. from the time she was three years old. And uh, I always had the feeling that Pentucket really got it. Hmm. You know, the schools were always super secure. It took a lot to get in. Uh, I might be wrong. I don't <laughs> know what your experience has been, but um anyway uh again love you guys and uh keep keep charging thanks steven appreciate that yeah we liked the schools here until COVID. i would say right although they're not they're not at yeah they're not at that you know there's a new superstructure pentucket that's going to be open in a couple of years and i assume our kids will be going there but uh that's good to know and say hi to your daughter for us hey tom i was wondering where were they going without ever knowing the way is that that song do i know that i think let me look i don't know if i know that i don't know if i have that do you have it is that from is that one of the lyrics to what yes it is it's from the way so 92.9 used to play this song all the time Oh, sorry, there's That's an okay. ad on this. Oh, maybe I should play it also. Uh, yeah, if you Google it, you can find it. But. Yes, that's I do remember that song. 92.9 is it's one of those, uh, if you're not in the Boston area. Oh, I did like it's fastball. A, it's fastball. It's be like a, a jack format I didn't know that's what that was. Okay. That was cool. That was cool. I was mostly, I was, my soul was beginning to be mostly dead by then, but I did like that song. Me and my friend Mike used mm-hmm. to drive down to Newport, Rhode Island to the... But that was 1929, like most, like Jack Foreman stations where yeah. they're like, we play everything. They do not, in fact, play everything. They have actually a pretty limited catalog of songs right. that they play. And if you listen to them all the time, like I used to be a lifeguard, so I would listen to the same radio stations mm-hmm. a lot for like long stretches of time and you would hear the same songs over and over and 92.9 used to play that all the time. The Fastball was good. They had a, a uh, ballad on that album too. That was very good. My friend Mike uh, used to like, who's probably listening right now. On a lighter note, thank you for that story yesterday about the whiteness of hiking. I had no idea that hiking was steeped in so many 
amazing, wonderful concepts. Can you imagine if uh, some of the government agencies around preservation and parks and recreation took that and ran with it for some advertising? Are you a person of color who's always wanted to go hiking, but you thought exceptionalism, virility, purity, mountaintops? Hmm, I'm not so sure that's for me. Well, think again, American, and fill in the ad, and then the conclusion be, hiking, it's not just for whitey. This message paid for by the U.S. Bureau of Land Management and your local ACLU. Are we in trouble? I don't know if we're in trouble. Leslie is a person of color, though, so. Oh, we're safe, then. Mm -hmm. Okay, very cool. Hey, Tom and Alice, Mike and Groveland here. Hey, Uh, Mike. Do you know Janine? She's in Groveland, too. No, she's in Hebrew. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry. But maybe you go to the same market basket. To touch on the recent uh, mass shooting uh, shootings, um, it is it's just actually disgusting how it's you know politicized the way it is. And no one wants to me, what seems obvious to me and no one wants to point it out is um, all these shooters seem to come from the same env- type of environment uh, having the same issues, nobody wants to point that out. That they're coming from uh, homes, parents, fathers not around, etc. Uh, kids a bit of an outcast and being bullied at school. School system does nothing about it. Um, there's just a lot of people producing more people, sending them out into the world. Uh, when are we going to start addressing that? Anyways, guys. Uh, love the show. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Mike. We appreciate that. Thanks. Thank yeah, you so it's much. It's so true. It's so true is that, you know, our society left this kid in a house mm-hmm. being raised by a drug addict mom and no dad. And maybe the grandparents lived nearby and he was moving around. Apparently went to different schools. I mean, what a recipe for disaster. And I'm not saying obviously every kid that's raised by a single parent ends up being a mass shooter obviously not there's great single parents out there but it's just like i don't know we've talked about it the last few shows like so much social breakdown and you know Mm -hmm. it's we're creating the problems ourselves because like you were saying like even up until what like the 60s or 70s people like kids took guns to school (laughs) right i mean there were like kids there were shooting teams at some schools yeah, something has changed. I mean, we know that these are young males. We also know that schizophrenia generally happens in later teenage males, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we know that young males now, generally starting with my generation, um, have been um, have been um, medicated right. with psychosomatic drugs, whatever they call psychotropic Psycho- drugs, act- whatever yeah. they are. Um, and who knows? Who knows? No, nobody knows. I mean, we're going to look back 100 years from now and say, you gave your kid what, Zach? It's like, we, right. we won't know. We don't know that. I mean, this is, you know, the moonshot. It's going to be very deep. Alice, get ready for it. The moonshot mm-hmm. was a moonshot. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it was like spitballing. Okay. We launched this thing and chuck it through space and it should land here. Ideally, what the math is right. But not everybody can do that. Not everybody, no, I don't think anybody else has been up there, have they? Mm, 
Maybe. Yeah, I don't think they have. It's a hard thing to do because it was weird bank shot three pointer from you know half court. It was to to work, and it was incredible that it worked. But not everything else necessarily is doing what we think it's doing. There are these, like you said, what we've talked about is a lot of many. I mean, uh, uh, what's the Viagra was not a drug that was developed for um, erectile dysfunction, right? It just so happened to be awesome at that. It was developed for something else. Well, and especially when it comes to the human mind, I think things are a little more complicated Mm -hmm. than we know about, really, than, you know, even, like, going to the moon, it's, like, we understand gravity pretty well. We understand the laws, the basic laws of physics pretty well, like Newton's laws and stuff. And we understand engineering pretty well, like building stuff and the pressures that things can undergo and the temperatures that they can withstand. We know stuff like that. That stuff is sort of things that are concrete that you can absolutely like see the effects immediately. And what you need it to do is something that you know, you can test beforehand to make sure it does that. When it comes to the human mind and how something's going to impact it, you know, and how human development works and, and the development of adulthood in someone's mind, like, we don't know much about that stuff. There are a lot of things happening there. There are a lot of little, you know, chemicals and hormones and stuff getting passed around and synapses firing and stuff happening that we just like don't know about and we screw around with this stuff but like we're playing with stuff we don't understand at all (sighs) on that note uh i hope everybody had a good memorial day hope you found a way to honor the troops and uh also spend some time with loved ones the fallen the fallen troops yes good point true honor the fallen troops and um also spend some time with your loved ones and enjoy the day it was a hot one for us and we will see you tomorrow say la vie ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.